It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Oh, so much. It's just, I mean, you know... It after the draft, it's going to be quiet. But right now, it's just there's so many things just flying around, and I, I'm loving it. I mean, especially since we're all I hate know, it. Stuck from I Hulk hate because all it does is bring up my stress level. That's all. Yeah, I know. That's the difference between you and me is that you stress out about all this. I I love it. Of course, I, I do. I, I I think it's I I I have not you know I love the endless possibilities. I, I think that staring into the void terrifies you, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm one of these people. I like to know exactly what's going to happen at all times. I, I I'm not a very uh, adventurous person. I like to be prepared. Yeah. Uh, so the NFL draft just stresses me out because of all the the possibilities of what could happen. Mm. Um, we got a lot of I don't know if you want to call it news, but just like rumors and buzz over the last 24 hours since the last time we did this podcast. I think this uh, uh, but, real quick. I think this draft is going to kill you because I, I mean, this, oh yeah, for this, sure. This draft is going to be nothing but chaos. No one has, it, no one seemingly has any idea what's about to happen on Thursday. I, I, I think this whole thing is just going to be completely shock after surprise after surprise. You may not even make it to the Cowboys pick. Here's the good thing: is my expectations are so low right now. So anything that is halfway <laughs> decent, I'm going to be praising on Twitter and on the podcast. So uh, uh, that 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 part is good. Um, let's talk about Stephen Jones landing, going on 105.3 The Fan today, uh, and offering up a lot of you know interesting little things before uh, the draft kicks off next week. Um, let's go ahead and start with this one, and I think this is maybe the most important. Uh, they asked him about the Cowboys' need for a linebacker, and Stephen Jones said it would be news to me in terms of a heightened need for the linebacker position. Basically saying, hey, we don't need a starting linebacker. We feel good about Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch. Uh, Landon, there's been a lot of buzz over the last couple of weeks about Kenneth Murray being a potential option at number 17. Uh, what do you take away from that statement from Stephen Jones? Okay, so I... I- I think we we have to talk about the second quote as well yes. because I think the second quote is actually potentially tied to the first quote. 
Yeah, so he is talking. Then he went on to talk about how the Cowboys are going to have a more multiple defense this year, and they are looking for a uh, like a strong side linebacker designated pass rusher position, uh, something they really haven't had in the past. Uh, he's he actually mentioned the the Patriots as uh, a kind of defense that they're going to model where uh, they've got some hybrid positions. Uh, so I think that's an interesting note as well. So go ahead. So I think the reason that that is interesting is because, you know, first of all, technically that could make sense for why they would be interested in still drafting. a Look, let's put aside the linebacker drafting in the first round value uh, uh, conversation, right? Like I, I, I generally agree. I, I, I think linebackers are it's tough to draft. I, I think that they've had a renewed importance because of the the rise of RPOs, but I understand the conversation of, of not drafting a, a linebacker in the first round. However you feel about that. I, I think that the reason it drafting a linebacker the first round becomes relevant for the Cowboys here, despite the what Stephen Jones has said in that first quote, where that they don't that they don't have a heightened need for linebacker, is that with the kind of usage of a Sam linebacker designated pass rusher role, you could potentially see someone like Jalen Smith uh, going outside. Uh, and, Do we and- like that though? Let's talk, let's talk about that. Do we like the idea of Jalen potentially filling that role? Uh, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of don't have a problem with it. I, I think he's good moving forward. I think that th- that position would put him in a position to do a lot more of that. Uh, You know, I mean, I I think every single time I, especially the last, last year, going into training camp and seeing Jalen Smith, I mean, he looks like a defensive lineman. He's a bit, he's he's significantly bigger than the average linebacker in the NFL. And so I, I just think that in that kind of role where, I mean, he does know how to drop. Like you just, you know, he's, I wouldn't, I don't love him in man coverage, but I, no. I, I, but I like him a lot actually in in zone drops. You know, I. But if he's a Sam, he's going to probably have to cover more tight ends, correct? Not necessarily. He could be doing. Uh, he could be doing drops into the the flat. He could be doing zone. I mean, you know, if he's kind of doing like a almost like a buck linebacker version of like you know of what you see in college a drop end. Those guys aren't necessarily covering man-to-man cover guys. They're dropping into to, to short zones, into hook zones, or into into the flat, or you know, you know what I'm saying. So, sure. I, I think those are all things that if you're if you're talking about that being the main role going forward, attacking, blitzing, and then doing the occasional short zone drop, like you've just listed all the things that Jalen Smith does really, really well, and kind of s- sort of taken away the things where maybe he struggles a little bit. So I, 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 I'm not saying that that's, it's a perfect fit. I'm just saying that might be the reality of the situation where, okay, let's get another run-and-hit linebacker to kind of sit, play next to Leighton Van Der Esch, and then we move Jalen to sort of a part-time pass rusher, part-time Sam linebacker role, and, and you know really have some versatility to do a lot of different things. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, and, kind, and, it's kind of like what we talked about with Zach Bond, you know, if we draft Yeah, Zach absolutely, Bond, yeah. Except, except just moving a guy that we have to that position. I think he has different skill sets than Bond, but I think they translate to the position that you would be putting Bond into sure. in, in a very similar manner. Yeah, I, I kind of have a feeling. I mean, I love Bond, so do you. Um, and he might even be a guy that the Cowboys consider at 17 or in a trade back. 
to me, I, I just have a feeling they're probably not going to spend the 17th pick on a Sam linebacker pass rushing specialist. I think they'd be more open to that, like in round two. Um, you know, maybe a guy like Josh Ushi, who yeah. probably is not a not a full time defensive end. Uh, he he's has a lot of experience in coverage. Maybe that is somebody that you could draft in round two and have him be a you know a hybrid player, and you could still address your cornerback need in the first round. I think I think that makes a lot of sense to me. I even brought up to you uh, Terrell Lewis, the the Alabama linebacker who uh, has a little bit of experience doing that. I, I feel like fifty one. That might be the sweet spot to find one of those types of players, correct? Because I, th- I know you like both of those guys in that role. Yeah, um, I think that uh, I, I mean, I really, I mean, I think the big thing for me, honestly, was just hearing him talk about the fact that that role is a reality. I think yeah, that, I think, that makes me happy. Yeah, yes. because because I think you and I and, and some other people have been talking about this as a possibility with Nolan coming in and and that that kind of opens up the uh, the, the possibility of getting these types of players, right? Uh, and, and even when Zach Bond got listed as you know someone that they were talking to or whatever, there was obviously a, a lot of, uh, of uh, specul- not speculation, but a lot of people just kind of simply brushing it off as, I bet they're just wa- uh, trying to re- you know uh, look at him as an off-ball linebacker. So yeah. uh, the fact that they're that they've confirmed that this is a potential thing that they're looking at, I think that alone is is exciting. I think you know what we don't know is what the value that they're putting on that position is. The second round right, too rich right. for for a guy like that who is kind of versatile back and forth. Do you value that player at the same rate that you value? At the, 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 do you value that player the same way that we would previously value a right defensive end, or is there or a like, is yeah, there like a say, even like a strong safety? What about like a strong safety? Do you value that spot more than a strong safety in the second round? Yeah, Maybe? yeah, no, no. I, I mean, I, I, that's the thing is that with a new position, like we don't know what the proper allotment in like positional yeah. value is. You know, is it is it on par with a a, a traditional edge player? Or is it you know sure. more of a lesser valued player because they they have to kind of be used in a uh, a, a versatile role to get that sort of uh, full uh, value out of them? I don't I don't know that that's that's the kind of part that's still difficult to parse. Is is this something they would even be willing to do to pull the trigger on at fifty one? Or is the whole point of this position to try to exploit later round players that have fallen through the cracks because they don't have a defined position in other defenses? Yep, I agree. Uh, it's going to be fascinating because I think not only are we going to learn who the Cowboys pick in the next week, we are going to learn a lot about what the team might look like and the defense might look like with uh, all the new coaches, Mike Nolan and Jim Tom Sewell on staff. Um, let's take a quick break, and we will come back and talk about Clemson cornerback A.J. Terrell. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. 
Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, over the last 24 hours, there's been a new name uh, associated with the Cowboys at pick number 17. We've now heard from uh, Dane Brugler, from Jeff Kavanaugh, from Brian Broaddus, uh, that A.J. Terrell is somebody that we really need to consider as a possible selection at pick number 17. Uh, Dane Brugler was on the Pro Football Focus podcast, uh, and he said that the Cowboys have a lot of interest there, uh, but he's not convinced that Terrell is going to be available. Uh, that's at least a little bit surprising to me. Uh, he said that you know there's three or four teams ahead of Dallas that really like him. Uh, the Raiders are another one I know at pick number 12 that have a, le- a lot of interest. Uh, they love those Clemson players and the secondary guys. So um, I, I still think, and I please tell, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but C.J. Henderson and Caleb Von Chason are their two uh, options. You know, their their they're first options at 17. But after that, I think Terrell is somebody that we need to consider. What are your thoughts on uh, on Terrell and you know the Cowboys' interest at number 17? You know, when we heard this, you and I were kind of discussing this offline, and we and we were mentioning that there's there's kind of this tier of of uh of one two rated cornerbacks right mm-hmm. of, of like uh digs and now terrell i guess that are that are guys that they could take at 17 and we would be like okay you know i mean we're, we're well, glad that- I, I was gonna say there's even more guys like i don't know if Kristen fulton's one of the guys they like but i think he's somebody that Kind of gets mentioned well, in that I don't, same breath. Jalen Johnson's yeah, the I mean, same. He, I, I think J, J, okay, Jalen Johnson, yes, in that group. I think Fulton's different because I don't think you and I would be thrilled about it. No, 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 I would be. I would be okay with. I mean, you know, what I'm saying like I would be like okay, like that kind of flat reaction to Diggs, Terrell, and uh, Jalen. Um, I, I think with Fulton, I, I'm just really not a fan so much. So I, I, I would feel yeah, neither am I. I would not love it uh, as much, but. I do think that you're right in the sense that he's probably has that same level of value and he could be an option if they kind of get wiped out. But yes, I do totally agree. I think Henderson and uh, Chase on are clearly still the guys that they're hoping for. And, and, you know, honestly, like when I hear stuff like AJ Terrell may not fall to them at 17, like, is it that crazy that Chase on or, or Henderson might make? I mean, maybe Henderson, but is, is it that crazy to think that Chase on might fall to them? Because, like, goodness, I mean, no one, I no one's been putting Chase on has been falling all the way to like sixteen and and seven, sometimes falling to us, and we're not even considering like, you know, six offensive tackles, which we've heard this week, or or uh, AJ Terrell being drafted in the first fifteen picks. You sure, know? like yeah. so, it, I I really think we're in for a whole bunch of surprises on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, every time I run a, a mock draft simulator, whether it's at FanSpeak or the Draft Network, for the most part, it's the same, I would say, like 18 names that go off the board ahead of the Cowboys at pick 17, right? There's a couple of times where it's a wild card, but for the most part, it's the same usual suspects that go ahead of Dallas. 
if guys like AJ Terrell go off the board before the Cowboys pick, or uh, four quarterbacks, or uh, Justin Jefferson, who's been mentioned now as somebody who could rise, you know, way up the draft boards, uh, it's it's going to be fascinating. I, what would your reaction be, Landon, if the Cowboys do, you know, they they miss out on Chase on and Henderson, and they pull the trigger on Terrell at seventeen? What would your reaction be to that pick? Um. There you go. I think you said it right there. That's yeah, your reaction. I think that that's deep it. Sigh. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not great. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What, it it yeah. wouldn't be great. I, I don't know what else to really say. So you're a Diggs fan over Terrell. Yeah, I mean, I am, but but I don't. Yeah. I you know again like I I I but only by a bump. You know, like okay. I, so like they're not their tags aren't touching, but they're but they're in the neighborhood. You know. That's the way I feel. It's like. For me, for AJ Terrell, it's like okay, you probably could have got a similar player at the end of the first round. You might even get a similar player at fifty-one, but I get it. Corners are hard to hard to come by. He's a four-four-two corner at six-one, one ninety-five. Those kind of guys are hard to draft. Hey, at least it's not a linebacker, right? That would be my reaction uh. to it. I, I wouldn't love it, but hey, I, I I at least get it for the positional value. Speaking of positional value, Landon. Uh, Mike Fisher this morning reported that the Cowboys are still really interested in pursuing a Jamal Adams trade. Uh, Jamal Adams said uh, this week that he will not be participating in any of the uh, Jets offseason activities uh, as he waits for a new contract. Um, We knew the Cowboys were pretty interested in Jamal Adams last year uh, at the trade deadline. I believe the Jets wanted a first-round pick and two second-round choices. The Cowboys did not want to do that. But with less than a week to go and knowing who some of the options for the Cowboys are at number 17, how would you feel about the Cowboys trading their first-round pick for Jamal Adams? You know, I, I, I would still be on board with it. I, I think I've been, I've been misinformed on it a little bit. Uh, I thought that he was entering into his fifth year. But he's actually oh, he's going into the he's, final year, He's going year, into right? his fourth year, right, with the fifth, yeah. year still, with the fifth option still there. So, yep. That changes the math for me. I mean, and I apologize to, to people that I spoke to about this earlier because I actually went back and checked and I was misinformed. I thought that they had picked up his fifth year option and that he was entering his fifth year. And and for me, that made this not worthwhile, right? Because you only get one year, then you got to re-sign him, and you're you're gonna mm-hmm. probably have to re-sign him anyways. But again, right. I think that's the whole reason he's holding out. Is sure. He wants a new contract, right no, and now. I think that's yeah. true. But I also think that. There, in much of what we discussed, there is leverage in your contract negotiations by having those two years left. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like so, sure. um, so you, you, that can help bring the price down a little bit. You know, that, I guess was what I'm saying. So yeah, uh, I, I, I uh, keeping that in mind. Yes, I think I am interested at in, in, in getting him at 17. Um, and now let's let's uh, let's get into the prefunctory uh, argument about uh, whether this is Byron Jones <laughs> and the seventeenth pick versus Jamal Adams because I, I all right I don't I don't agree there but okay all right let's first start with this if my options are Jamal Adams or Kenneth Murray at seventeen I, I think well, you guys duh. know where I'm going yeah, but they're yeah, not yeah. but they're that's not the option but for some reason it could be all right let's talk about Byron Jones versus Jamal Adams so on Twitter today. I was talking about the logic of trading for Jamal Adams and then signing him. Um, 
I generally have a problem with trading assets away and then having to pay the player right away, right? Because I think that, as you mentioned, I think that's what Jamal Adams wants. My problem is if you you let Byron Jones leave in free agency, who I think is one of the top 10 corners in the league, and now the plan is to trade a first-round pick away and maybe more to grab a safety, which is traditionally a a position with lesser value and give Jamal Adams like 14, 15 million dollars a season. That's just too much for me, right? I I, I feel like you're, you would have been much better off signing Byron back, sure, maybe a couple million more than what Jamal Adams wants, and then drafting a safety at 17 rather than the flip side of what could happen. Um, you're, I know, I know the argument here is that you're going to tell me that Jamal Adams isn't like his traditional strong safety because he can blitz, he can cover really well. Um, but my problem is if you go ahead and do this, it's a lot of resources invested in that position and your cornerbacks are still going to be a problem for the, you know, for the near future. And I'm not sure that a really, really good strong safety can overcome your weaknesses at corner. Okay. Uh, first off, if you sign Byron Jones, your cornerbacks are still going to be a problem in the future. Let's let's start probably, there. but it's man, it's more manageable, <laughs> well, right? Because it's easier but, to get the number two. But the difference is, is that this is the the crux of my argument is that I, I think there's an argument to be to be made that you need a solid cornerback group, not one great cornerback. And I I think that's that's the argument that's that's that we're kind of going with is that they're trying to bolster the entire unit, uh, than than trying to put all the all their eggs in one basket. At cornerback specifically, I totally, I totally agree with you that uh, on some on some of the points you made, the things I would push back on are the quality. You know, the the, the positional value is legitimate. You know, the, between cornerback and safety, I think that gets eaten into on a couple fronts though. One, you mentioned Jamal Adams is above and beyond a better safety than you know what the average is and and, and, sure. and, and, yeah. and much better in areas like coverage that are the reason that you give cornerback the nod over safety. So I think that, you know, as far as the kind of types of players that he's covering, I mean, Jamal Adams is a better coverage safety than, than Byron Jones might be a coverage cornerback. <laughs> okay. And now listen again, I don't even disagree with you there. Yeah. I, I I think you can make a really strong case that Jamal Adams is the best strong safety in the league, and Byron's let's say the number eight corner in the league. Like I don't think that's a stretch, right? I, I think that's. I, I think fair. that I think that you're also we're also putting strong safety onto Jamal Adams. Okay, that's fine. Just get rid of strong safety. Let's, let's, I, I think he's one of the top three safeties in football. Okay, okay, okay. I so, and is I that think, fair enough. Yes, absolutely. And I think that when you. When you the the thing that, that that really pushes me back on this is the opportunity cost for for losing yes. a first round pick, right? I think, you know, that's my biggest problem as well. Yeah, because I again I really like Jamal Adams. Like if you're, I could get behind that if, if it was just in free agents. Let's say these guys are both free agents and they're you're, they're going for the same amount of money. I could even get behind. Hey, Jamal Adams is a better player than Byron Jones. Maybe Byron plays a more important position. But Jamal is a better player. I'm fine with giving him the money. My problem comes in it when you have to also attach a first round pick to it. No, I mean the problem is is that you had the opportunity to sign Byron Jones on the open market, and you don't have that. You're having to pay for the opportunity to pay f- to get Correct. Jamal out. That's where I always struggle. I, with to- I totally understand that, and and 
I I don't disagree. I I think the difference is is that that's the difference between a very good player and a potential Hall of Fame player. Is that those kind of guys, you know, Byron Jones is a very good corner. He hasn't been great, you know, since he stepped on the field, right? There were times when we weren't sure what we were doing with him. And I also still think there are questions how he will translate outside of uh, outside of that specific system playing corner. I think he's great. I think he will do well. Jamal Adams is like Earl Thomas level safety. I mean, can can we say that? Like, I mean, he's, he's sure at he's, least he's, around that caliber. Yeah, sure. he's he's young in his career, and he's I'm not not that type of player. But I'm saying like yeah, yeah, caliber, caliber of player. you know yeah, at, at sure. his position. I think to get you you don't get access to those types of players at any position. Uh, on the free market really anymore it just doesn't happen so that i mean i, I i'm not i'm just saying that's why yeah. we're having to pay for that that's why there's a, an opportunity cost there because the caliber of player that we're talking about is not very good it's it's not it's great it's like he's a generational safety like you know i think he's i mean i don't know that there's you know what I'm saying yeah. like he's that much yeah, better yeah. So, than other players of his of his generation at that position so the Cowboys did a very similar trade to this in 2018 when they traded for Amari. They got Amari with what on the fourth year of his rookie contract with a fifth-year option still available. Um, and I think you can say that trade worked out. Now, the difference for me is, and this is actually goes back to a KD Drummond point, uh, there's a money five positions in the NFL. Quarterback, yeah. offensive tackle, defensive end, uh, corner, receiver. I think receiver of those five positions is the probably the least valuable, but I do think it's a more valuable position than safety, and that's why I was okay with that. I would be hesitant to, and this is just me, I would be hesitant to give up a first-round pick and have to pay a player that's not one of those top five positions. And even at receiver and even at corner, I would be hesitant to do it. Unless you're getting like, you know, an elite left tackle or an elite pass rusher, that's probably when I would be open to doing it. But now with a safety, even as great as Jamal Adams is, it just feels like a lot of resources invested to one position when I think it's fair to say defense is a lot about who's your worst defender on the field, right? You need to have, you need to be able to uh, have 11 guys that are all talented and don't have major weaknesses. You know, if you bring in Jamal Adams (laughs) and you, you know, you and you have you still have Chidobi Uzier and Jordan Lewis as your outside corners. I'm not sure it's going to make that big of a difference. But Chidobi Uzier and Jordan Lewis weren't the worst part of our de- our defensive backfield last year. The strong safety position was sure. by far the worst part of our, de- our defensive last year. So, but the problem I mean, is you're, you're, right, what, I agree. your your own I point agree. is is that that you want to upgrade. You want you're only as good as your worst thing. <laughs> Now suddenly your second and third best thing are your worst thing, and your worst thing is your best thing. <laughs> but the funny thing, okay, you're you're not wrong, but because you lost Byron, I think those other two are going to be you know in more fish out of water, right? Now instead of Awuzie being your number two corner, he's your number one. Instead of you know Lewis being your number three, he's your number two. I I, I think you're basically just swapping weaknesses here and giving up a first round pick and paying to do so that, that's kind of my thought here again i can't argue against the opportunity cost lost for for the you know for that i i just can say that 
I think you can make up for the loss of talent of one player by scheme diversity and by by, by doing a bunch of different things to to confuse quarterbacks and receivers. Uh, I think with a very versatile, safe, strong safety and a new defensive coordinator, a lot of that stuff can be made up with using more exotic coverages. If you can get another guy in here, another smart, solid cornerback, you've got a very high floor group of defensive backs. Uh, so I, I, I think you can do a, you can make up the, the the loss of that one player by raising the tide a, across the across the defensive backfield, not just with Jamal Adams, but with the opportunities provided with the new defensive coordinator as well. And that's a fair point. I, I would say, if I knew for a fact that the Cowboys could get, let's say, a Trevon Diggs in the second round, that won't happen. But like, yeah, no, you know, exactly, Jeff Gladney in yeah. the second round. Then I'd be way more open. Then to let's it, roll, right? right? Be... Yeah, I mean, because yeah, like, because yeah. at that point, you it'd be like you just think, well, yeah, you're losing the cost opportunity, but honestly, you you probably could have drafted a safety in the first two rounds. So trading for Jamal Adams is just like getting an extremely high floor, the highest floor safety you could possibly ever draft, uh, and then you know it, it, you still get the chance to potentially draft a guy that you like. You know, maybe Gladney's there, maybe you know uh, sure. Jalen Johnson falls there. Uh, you know, even some of these other guys, uh, then you, 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 you know, you, you get that opportunity to get that guy too. And then suddenly you're really ready to go. Yeah. I think, I think that's at least intriguing to me, but Hey, we'll end up with Kenneth Murray and we'll have to deal with that. Uh, all right. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCV. You can follow the show at LockedOnCowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your weekend. We will be back on Monday for draft week. Uh, We will see you later. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.